This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation with my guest, Kelby McCumber-Morris from Luminous Healing. She is a Reiki master, energy worker. She does work with shamanic healing and magnified healing and herbalism. And we have such an incredible, just warm, compassionate, crazy conversation about so much that we've experienced. And I cannot wait for you to listen. So here it is. Yeah. Should we set an intention? I feel like let's do it. We'll just set an intention. I did call my guides in a minute ago and said, okay, so like anybody who works with me with communication that wants to help me find the right words and especially for the audience that will be listening, I'm all ears. So I love that. I I feel like that is my absolute goal and dream and hope is to have intention setting I, it is part of my day throughout the day but to really purposefully create space in in between things to give myself that space and also to just have it become so natural to me so commonplace that it just sort of flows in without me being like oh wait what <laughs> i need a minute <laughs> stop ritual stop. Yes. Ritual, ritual time. How have you been able to do that? Um, to blend the two, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. How have you come to, you know, be able to say, okay, before I go on this podcast, I am calling in any guides who are able to help with communication. Cause that is such a beautiful thing. I have gotten to where I am trying to be really specific with my guides. I'm trying to call in exactly what I need in the moment. And so right before I signed on with you, at first I set up my computer and I said, all right, technology guides, whoever works with this flow that's happening today and that's connecting Lauren and I, please make it work good. And that was really all I had to say, make it work good, which is like not profound. But when you talk to guides, they respond, you know, Mm -hmm. and they love that. And then I said, thank you. And they're like, awesome, we got it. And then as I was thinking about what we were doing, I thought to myself, what do I really need most? I need to be able to communicate. I need to be able to communicate clearly. I want it to be easy. And I want it to be understood by the audience that's going to hear it not just by like people who talk my lingo and I don't know who that is so I'm like just calling in the guides to help me figure out what that would be and so in my next moment when I leave this space with you I will say all right guides I'm gonna spend the day with my kiddo now bring in whatever it needs that I need to be playful and like really in the moment 
And so I'm trying to be really specific. Like just that's the the nitty gritty. That's what I want. That's what I need. And I'm going to just call in and ask for it. And that also, I think, helps to open up that space of acknowledging that I'm worthy of all those things and that I deserve all of those things because feeling like I can just ask for whatever I want at any moment really starts to open that up. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now because it is just such a beautiful gift to me. I started this thing because I just felt like I just, I have these conversations. I want other people to hear these conversations and, you know, believe me, I want the world to hear this. And I also know that if I alone hear it, it is worth it for me to do this because that is such a gift that you just shared on so many levels to, first of all, know what you want. Second of all, feel entitled and worthy of getting what you want. And third, being able to ask for that help and that guidance. And I feel like we could unpack each of those (laughs) elements and each of the limiting beliefs that come along with each one of those. And it's funny because, and I'm sure people listening can relate to it, you feel like you've got it, you feel like you've moved on, and then it just circles back again in some other way. And it's just a continual practice. And so thank you. Sincerely. Well, that's what I was going to say is that this isn't like some practice that I've got totally under my wing. It's Mm -hmm. something that I ebb and flow with. I'll fall out of it entirely and then be like, oh shit, that's why nothing's working right now. I haven't really (laughs) engaged with my guides. I haven't been calling in what I want. I'm just like in it. And so it makes me stop. It makes me realize, okay, I am worthy of having my needs met. And then there's this whole like, oh, wait a minute, what the hell are my needs? And that was a like huge stepping point for me to realize I had them, I needed them, and I was in control of getting them met. And to do so would be really easy, easier than I expected, thinking that I can just put it out into the universe and then let it go. And just kind of it also opened up my communication with the other side, my communication with my guides and realizing that when I ask for what I want and see it show up with this less effort than I used to put into it, it's that validation that I am powerful, my guides are here, I am supported, my needs do deserve to be met, like all of it kind of comes together in that culmination of like, yeah, And it reminds me to take care of myself because when I fall off the wagon, everything does start to fall apart. And you're like, well, why the hell is everything like not going well all of a sudden? And then you realize, oh, it's because I'm not tending to those needs. I haven't asked for what I want. So of course I'm not getting it. And I also feel like it's a good reminder to come out of that victim mode or martyr mode that is easy to fall into of and I think I hear this a lot in the spiritual community well if it was supposed to happen then it would happen as if we don't also play a part in it happening at least in our intention setting in our mindset in our activations and our meditations and our eating well and walking and I mean we have to at least meet 
what we want at some point. We, it's not just, okay, I'm just gonna lay here and make it happen. Although sometimes things do happen like that, but I feel like it's all the pre-work that, that allows you to sit there and then the phone call comes in and it's like, wait, what? But all the other groundwork was laid first. Exactly. I don't play this lightly. I mean, I am a chronic illness survivor and um, conqueror, if you will. I've had so many diagnoses kind of slinged my way, most of them with like the taglines chronic and incurable and lifetime and blah, 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 blah. So I don't say it lightly to say that like asking for what I want and having it come to me can happen. I mean, I spent years walking with a cane. I spent years thinking that like I didn't have a life anymore. I was horizontal in bed for like a lot of time. And so to say these things, like I've put in a lot of work to get to this space, but like it is possible to get to a place where you come from hopelessness and despair and complete disassociation to being embodied and like my my business model is fiercely embodied and fully empowered because i just think that that's where we come from that's how we get into this place where we do know our worth we do know to ask for our needs to be met is when we get into a place where we are in our body we are not disassociated from what's happening. We're aware of what our needs are. I think I didn't know what my needs were for so long because I had disassociated so completely from a body that was full of pain to not want to be in this body and understand what was happening. But I didn't know that once I really understood, I could understand the nuances that were happening within me. And then I had control. I kind of gave the control away to uh, other entities, society and doctors and things that I thought would come in and like wave their magic wand. And no, I had my own magic wand that I could control my health journey myself. And taking little steps like that, and even like I said, ebbing and out flow in and out of them to talk to my guides and ask for what I want has been really profound in helping me, like you said, stay out of the victim mindset that you get into when you are given these diagnoses and you are laying in bed day after day after day. And it has empowered me to step up and out and find a life again. I don't know where my cane is even, which is just amazing. That's incredible. How, how do you ask for what you want without coming from a place of lack and the reason i'm asking this is because in my quest for manifestation um resources and you know doing a deeper dive on all the different manifestation modalities it feels like there is a little bit of a disconnect between calling in what you want without feeling like it's something that is missing or something that you're lacking or something that you, you know, have that desperation or need or have to have. Yeah. And that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to get past, like you had mentioned earlier, limiting beliefs around where you can go, how you can feel, how life can kind of organize itself in ways that are different than we've kind of grown up to see and experience. So especially coming from 
being chronically ill, I had this mindset of getting better, which was in the mindset of lack. So I couldn't get better as I stayed into this, I want to get better, I want to get better, because that really was saying that I wasn't good. And so it did take a shift into visualizing the end game as I ask for what I want. So I'm asking for this conversation to be easy and the communication and the words to be understood by the audience. And I'm doing so as I imagine that happening. You know, I imagine that feeling of how easy it would be to receive these words and how impactful it could be on the other side, as opposed to from this place of, I hope I do it okay. I hope I don't totally screw it up, which is not to say that's not in the back of my mind. I'm human, like all of that is there. But I am making sure that in that moment of asking for it, I have that lens over my my glasses, if you will, of looking through it from where I want it to look, where I want it to be, where I want it to come from, where I want it to end up and not all the icky places that are in between that I'm really trying to avoid and get out of, which is a different place to be in. And I mean, I spent many, 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 many 10 years in bed wanting to get better and not realizing that keeping my mindset in that way like you're saying in a focus of lack was keeping me in the lack that law of attraction well it's so challenging and i'm so grateful that you're sharing the nuances of it because i think with each with each further layer that you go with each deeper dive and more exploration we can think that we're doing it right. We can think that, well, I'm saying the right thing and I'm following the directions or I'm in the plan and I'm doing it. And then a new layer of information or embodiment, like you're saying, comes in and all of a sudden, this is what happens for me, you realize that there is just a more authentic place to come from or there's a higher vibration or there's a higher expression of a bigger vision even that you have for yourself that's wanting to come in and it's only through that awareness and that day-by-day work that you're able to see that I mean for me it really you know I I keep feeling like it's like these big leaps and bounds and sometimes it is like that but so often it's just you look back from a month ago and you realize that like, oh, okay, a shift has happened. Or you look back at six months and you see how much differently something's being processed or integrated or things like that. Yeah. I mean, the work that we're talking about doing can be really, really subtle in our lives. And it's often hard for people to engage with spiritual healing or energy work in these ways because they don't understand a slow process. They also don't correlate it with the fact that if they start a new medication, that that medication takes a good month for it to actually start doing its job and working in your system. And so they don't give their spiritual health or even their physical health in relation to other modalities, that same grace, that same respect of giving it time to work. And 
I find that the things that work the most are the most subtle ways of being. Nervous system regulation to me is like the key and foundation for any healing out there. And to access that feels so minute. It feels like we aren't doing anything. And because of that, it gets kind of thrown into this category that is similar to meditation, which people find so hard to access. But I mean, orienting your nervous system is way easier to me than meditation. But again, like you're saying that slowing down and finding that real place to heal is really hard for people, especially in this environment and this social climate. But I mean, that's key if you ask me. I totally agree. And I also feel like we, in many cases, are conditioned and taught to expect the chaos. And so when we, when a situation arises and you've been doing your work and you've been practicing emotional awareness and resilience building and all of those things, and something happens and you find yourself not triggered, not engaging, not having your energy be sucked by something, all of a sudden it's like, okay, is there something wrong with me? Like, where's my emotion? If you're somebody that's emotionally charged, where's my emotion? Why isn't this upsetting me? Am I blocked? Am I disassociated? Because we're so conditioned to have that response to things when in actuality, if you're able to look at it from that wider perspective, that's the work that you've been aiming for is to not be on that energy pendulum, to not have that crazy reaction when you hear something upsetting or you know somebody runs to you with news and your old response would have been to get so worked up and let your energy drain. And when you don't have that response, it takes a minute or many minutes to realize, no, this was my goal, but it feels like you're now broken somehow. Does that make sense? It's a hundred percent on the money to your first point. We still have this like fifties mentality of suffering to succeed. You know, society sets us up that if we aren't suffering, we're not working so hard and we're not burnt out and burning the candle at both ends, then we are not really doing it. And that just puts us into this tailspin of never really giving ourselves the care that we need. And then when we do make these changes to your second point, it becomes hard to recognize ourselves as we show up in a new place. And then to compound upon that, you're explaining how we're seeing ourselves in this new light going like, oh, wait, who, who is that? Is that me? Did I just, did I show up like that? Did, I just said that? That's not how I would normally do it. And on top of that, our family, our peers, the people around us are responding to us in the way that we were previous to this new growth. And so it makes it even harder for us to show up in our new truth, in our new selves, as our real being that we keep un unfolding into mm -hmm. because it's hard for us to see. And so it's really hard for the people around us to see. And so we have to really be ready to step into that power to say, oh, well, I see you reacting to me in that way. And I realize I've kind of like trained you to, to respond to me in these ways, but 
I just don't feel that way about it. So maybe next time you can just take a beat and then respond to me based on how I really like react or speak or respond to the situation. Cause it is really hard for the people around us to also recognize and witness the growth that we've been through and how differently we show up. And I see it so much in nervous system regulation work because what we're doing is really subtle. Okay. And so all of a sudden, something that happens in your daily life that's normally a trigger or a stressor or something that kind of lights you up in either a really positive excited way or a really anxious nervous way doesn't give you that same flutter or it doesn't give you that same like fight flight you got to jump into action kind of response and it takes you sometimes a couple of days like you said even to look back and be like oh hey did y'all see I, it, I still responded in my normal way, but I had, I took a beat mm -hmm. before it came out. And so that's part of this progression of that growth as you start to see yourself realizing the changes. And then they start to come online where you see them happening before and you're able to actually respond before. And then the people around you get to start to realize, oh, she's making big shifts and I have not really witnessed these new ways that she's brought on. And it, then you can start to st step into your power even more when the people around you are able to give you space for that. It's really hard when no one else is giving you space to like be in that work that you've accomplished. Right, and then I think another thing that happens is you have changed and the people around you subconsciously or unconsciously, I would say, are expecting you to behave in a certain way because they get something from that. And they're used to that back and forth dialogue or they're upset and so they want you to be upset. And all of a sudden, you're not really upset anymore. And then that can cause tension because all of a sudden, either they're not, maybe they're not feeling support from you in the way that they used to, or all of a sudden they see reflected back in them. Wow. I'm the only one that's really getting involved with this situation. And so for people that are going through that, just to be aware that again, as you're growing and shifting and changing, not everybody is going to be on the same page on the same part of the path. And sometimes those relationships do ebb and flow. And hopefully you do have people around you that are willing to allow your growth to highlight and empower them in whatever way they need. Absolutely. My friend list has changed dramatically since I've been through all of these things. And I mean, I still have good friends that I've kept for a long time, but like my close friends today, I didn't know most of them when I was going through um, a lot of these changes or before I knew I even needed to make them. Mm. I think that sometimes you feel like you don't have the right to change when you have so much tied your identity to the way other people see you and your relationship with other people. Other people need you to be a certain thing. You need to be it for them. And then when you feel like something does need to change, that can definitely be a place that you allow yourself to be kept in place because 
well, what would happen if I didn't do this for that person? Or what would happen if I didn't show up for this person the way they need me to? And I understand the service element of that. And it's also really detrimental to people to be in that space. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. And family is the hardest, you know, I mean, with friends and co-workers um, and other people in our community, it's not as difficult to make that shift and to be seen in, in a different power and to step into that. But when it's with your family, it becomes the biggest challenge of like, how can I be in this space and stand in my own and not be influenced by them and yet still provide each other with what we need out of this relationship and like not give myself away for that not give my power away in that and that's to me the trickiest spot of all i was talking to a friend just last night about this where you come out of these situations being with um, family members especially when it's you know a time of crisis or something big has gone on and you feel so spent because part of you feels like you've got to disassociate just in order to get through because you're not going to change the opinions of these people. You're not going to most likely get them to see your way, your path of having done it because, you know, they would have been along the journey for the last 10 years or whatever mm -hmm, <laughs> if they mm -hmm. were interested. And so it is this navigation of like, how do you figure out how to hold your own and hold on to all of these things that you have learned and done and grown through and still show up in these relationships where other things are expected of you and that you're comfortable in that role with that person. Yeah, it is It is a lot to navigate being in a place of growth and, and transformation. And I guess people sometimes do one of two things. They either just really shut down or sever ties or limit their interactions with other people. Maybe that is the right thing some of the time if it's just not someone that you feel is going to support you. And then I think the other part is that spiritual lens of why would I be in this situation where I'm experiencing the growth, I'm knowing that I need more or I feel a different way, why would I have been put in this situation with people close to me that feel differently? Like, what is the lesson in that? How am, am I supposed to stay and figure it out? Am I meant to, to help them? Like, what, what? Just show me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in those instances, I have to feel like we are put there as one of those kind of lighthouse beacons where they can just see an example of another way of doing it, whether or not they're going to engage with us and learn more about what that is or how that might like play out or look in their life is a whole nother, you know, thing. But that I think, like, if you don't know it exists, you don't know it exists. So it's us being there, whether they engage with what we're doing or not, we are showing them that this other way of thinking, of being, and of existing exists. And I think that's profound. I think it's necessary to know that neuroplasticity is possible, that energy knows no bounds, like all of these things that 
help us improve our lives. If we don't know that it exists, you're not going to tap into it to find that for yourself, you know? So I think in those realms, we're there for those people to see something different, something new. Right. And not to change anybody, not to um, preach. Or <laughs> And I think that that's such a beautiful thing to talk about is, is that there is an element of staying in your authenticity, staying your path, your course, being who you are in, in all ways, in every situation, while being faced with somebody who feels differently or who doesn't see things your way. And it is, it can be challenging to just continue to show up and not either get so defensive and and aggressive and, you know, judgmental and also not lay down and completely give in and say, forget it. What I'm thinking isn't valid and it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes that's okay when the boundary becomes, I'm limiting my time with this person, like you had said earlier, you know, I mean, some of our families are just like that, you know, okay, I've got about a 30 minute window with Uncle Tom before he lays in on whatever political stance or something that we disagree upon that I don't feel like engaging with him because I've been in that conversation. We've had that dance and there's no point in revisiting it every time we're together. But I do wish that there were other tips and tools to like get us through those times. But you're right. It's really standing in our own and just knowing like this is going to be a ping pong back and forth and I'm not here to change them. And I have to bite my tongue quite often because I want so bad to like offer advice and, you know, here's my glasses, try them on. Like I want you to see like you could experience this funeral in a totally different way, you know, you could appreciate this passing in a way that's completely different than what you've brought to the table or the energy that you're exuding here. But there are these tricky moments in life where that isn't appreciated or accepted. So again, I'm just there to be a lighthouse. If they want to look over and see which way my light is shining, awesome. And if not, they can't deny I'm there. That's so good. There's nothing more than you can do is just be, you let your light shine. I love that example. I think that's really beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would you mind sharing more about your guides and how you got in touch with them, how you call them in and build relationships with them? Yeah, so it is um like everything an ever growing process. I'm always finding new ways to connect and um I recently was actually kind of given a name for my group of guides which I found really special and profound that they are my wings. And so oh now when God. I talk to my clients about their guides i talk to them in that same kind of language of your wings and for me it means like the people hanging out in the wings sometimes those are ancestors sometimes they're elementals sometimes they're animal spirits and i think what has brought me the closest into those relationships has been shamanic journeying to actually meet these guides and have like more of a direct communication 
otherwise it began for me during energy sessions, um, Reiki and magnified healing and shamanic practices where I would just kind of get into the trance state of the healing process and begin to get messages and things okay. coming in that I didn't understand what it was I was being said, like, why am I telling them to worry about Thursday or wear purple on Wednesday or just like weird random things that I felt silly saying out loud. And it took right. me years to start to go, okay, I guess I'm just gonna like say this weird thing to the client right now because they won't shut up about it in my head. So I started to trust it. Trust is huge. And a lot of that trust came from validation from the client on the table later telling me, you know, you had said this thing in the session and this and this and that came from that for me, or it meant blah, blah, blah for me and stuff that I had no clue about, or I would have no connection to knowing or stuff that was even from their past or that would happen a few days or weeks later. And so having the trust of believing what I was hearing and knowing that it wasn't my own voice and my own thoughts and then having that validation from speaking it aloud you know sometimes i had one mentor tell me to write those things down as i had weird thoughts or weird messages come in to make a journal of it and after doing that for just a few weeks time you start to be able to look back and see oh, look, these things happened, or this correlation came in here. And that starts to give you the validation that you need to bring that trust in because you start to see it on paper even, like right. literally where you've written down on Tuesday, I don't know why I had this weird thought. And so here I wrote it down. And on Thursday, this necklace with that symbol showed up in whatever part of my life, you know, and the, the symbols start to connect and you start to not only trust yourself and those messages that are coming, you start to trust who they're coming from. And then you start to engage in a conversation that's more real and less like, okay, I don't know who you are, but like, if you're there, if you could just do this, you start to start to talk to them in like this best friendy kind of way. And you're like, all right, guys. So I know Raven's good for business let's do this today i've got to get this promotional material out and if raven you could just come in help me out with this i'll take a moment to be like a little bit ritual about it sometimes it's 30 seconds sometimes i'll do like a little candle and like really bring it in depending on how big what i'm trying to do is but it can be really minimal and it can be really big so it's up to you it's up to what the project is that you're working on and what you're trying to bring in but like the guides don't need it to be this big fanfare. You can simply do like I was saying at the beginning of the, t the talk and say, hey, I wanna do this, help me out with that. And they'll come online and do it. And if you wanna know who exactly that is, which is the thing that I'm still working on, learning exactly who I'm talking to and like how each of the wings separate themselves, who's coming online at a time or another, you start to differentiate that by taking a lot of notes, doing mm -hmm. a lot of meditation on like, okay, I've seen this symbol a lot in my work. What does that mean for me? And who's bringing that in? And you start to realize, oh, that's a message from elephant and elephant always brings me this, or that's my uncle 
Terry and he always comes in with this certain smell and this kind of advice and this kind of chalky attitude and you start to get to know their personalities and you start to understand the messages that they have and why and you release like this need to discuss things in a way that you like I went into talking to guys thinking I had to be a little bit proper I had to have my shit together and right I formal like, yeah yeah like <laughs> what am I going to talk about you know and now I realize that oh well if I go in and I don't know what I'm talking about but I have that like abundance mindset in mind that I'm going to get to a place that means something and when it comes to guides you want to be like what did my mentor always say? Something along the lines of the quality of your question brings the quality of your answer. So like if you ask a really, really broad question, then they're going to come at you with some really broad advice. So a lot of people get into tarot and oracle cards and they start to wonder, well, like, why is my question so broad? Anybody could have asked this and gotten that question and they like don't validate it. And well, that's because your question was so broad that you got this really broad answer. So again, my communication has just deepened as I've grown with them to start to ask for what I really want to get into like what's really going on what do i want from you how do we work together and when you do shamanic journeying you can go in and specifically say who's here for this and how do we work together that's so cool i've done just a little bit of the journeying and i've had a reading by somebody and also done a little bit of my own and it definitely resonates with me in such a deep way it feels so grounding um, and I'll tag I, um, a podcast that I talked about it a little bit more and for people who are new or just hearing this for the first time and especially and I'm curious what you think for people that are often up in their head like very flighty or cloudy or, or up in those those you know upper chakras or out of body doing the shamanic journeying listening to the drumming imagining those grounding things going deep underground can be so beautifully supportive and so stabilizing and I often forget that I, that I need that deeply <laughs> yeah I mean just the sound of the drum for me is yeah. so primal that like everything in my system just melts and I'm just there. And once you start to journey more and more often, when you start, you take this kind of path to get to the other world, depending on which level you're going and you have like a method of getting there. And then once you're really into it, just the sound of the drums starting is this visceral response in the body. And I think a lot of like frequency and sound healing is like that for me too. Um, I have a particular instrument that I play called the awakening bell and the idea of it, it's like, um, like crystal bowls or Tibetan bowls or something like that. And the concept is that you, it is getting you in tune with yourself. It is getting you to a theta state because when we're able to, like you said, slow down and get out of that spinning, spinning, spinning upper level stuff, we're able to connect we're able to go deeper we're able to heal right and for everybody there's a different thing that 
that attracts them or resonates with them. And that's one of the things I love about this podcast is getting to hear all the different techniques and all the different modalities. And I think that just being able to stay curious and explore and, you know, maybe there's something that you find that you love and that's the thing you do, or maybe it's something that just becomes a tool in your toolbox that, okay, when I'm feeling this way, like you were talking about the guys, okay, when I get this message, that's a signal to me that this type of meditation would be supportive or this type of card debt pull or the sound or whatever it is can, it's really about learning those cues, I think, so that you can continue that like self-care almost of what do I need and how, what can I do to support that in a more holistic perspective? Yeah. That's why being embodied is so important because if we are not fully embodied, we're not aware of these subtleties happening in the system. We're not aware and able to recognize when our body is speaking to us and what it's asking for and what it's saying. And again, this is not like a, you're going to come see me one time and suddenly you're going to have it all together kind of thing. The same with the doctor. This is going to take like grown up dedication to who you are, you know, and this desire to dive deep and to do this work on a really subtle and easy but daily basis. You know, we can't just make these changes in our lives and change, like you're saying, a limiting belief. Mm-hmm. We can't go in and just be like, I don't want to think that way anymore. And just suddenly it's done. We have to work at that. We have to recognize every time that thought comes in and say, I see that. I don't want to feel that way. I'm going to choose different. And we have to like do that process until it becomes a natural thing. And it's like that for all kind of spiritual growth. You know, we go in, we decide what it is we need to change and we work at it and work at it and peg away until that thing has changed. And there are moments where you can have um, an energy release that Mm -hmm. pulls that out of us that is quick and it is immediate and it is deeper than us just trying to do say talk therapy or um self-heal or finding it ourselves and then you know another thing that you kind of made me think of bringing online like one of the things that talks to me are plants to let me know like this is what's happening right now so you need to go out and you need to pick this or you need to think about growing this next season and um listening to my body or the client's body on the table i'll bring the frequency or vibration of a plant in to a session because i know that that frequency even if we don't have it to imbibe is going to affect change for them on another level than just the energy work that we're doing together i know that was a little curveball but i am obsessed with that with plant work and getting messages from plants and animals and feathers. And so I love that you brought that up because I didn't know that that was also part of your practice and part of your heart. And I think it's so sweet and special and, you know, we're approaching spring here. And so I feel like my whole body 
a light with all that's blooming and all that is growing here in Atlanta. It is just such an incredible thing. And my children think I'm like the silliest, weirdest person that I walk by a new daffodil that has bloomed or these little like snowdrop flowers or the cherry blossoms. And it's, I'm just like soaking it all in and giggling and <laughs> yeah. I love that. And again, such a beautiful grounding practice. And I think, you know, for people that are maybe not sure about the whole spirit guide thing and are not yet in that place of trust, because it does take time. And I do believe it's like, it's a little bit of that circular reference where you need to, you need to act first. You need to be the one that says, you know what? I don't know what this means, but I am going to step out of our, our loop of crazy. And I'm going to say, no, this is real. And I believe in this and just like, you know, be the one to ask this, the guide out on a date. Like you need to like take, make that first move. And that does open it up and have that reinforcement. But circling back to the plants, I think that for people that, because it is a more tangible, tactile thing to sit with your favorite flower, to sit with your favorite plant, to sit and listen to the birds and feel the sun on your face, that is a meditation. That is self-awareness. That is connecting with Mother Earth, Gaia, whoever you want to connect with. And so shamanism. maybe that, yes, really shamanism. Yeah. And so, and our, and our ancestors in so many ways who lived with the sun and the moon and the cycles and the seasons in a way that we, many of us have been disconnected to. So if you're listening and feeling like, Ooh, I don't know about all of these things, you can connect to a rose. For example, I have a good friend who's hopefully listening I'll call her out who loves Rose and feels a deep connection. And so when she is feeling out of sorts or feeling that she needs more love or needs more support, having that connection to a Rose candle or buying a bunch of roses or spraying a Rose spray is a beautiful way to embody that. Absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite things is to take people through my yard right now for the next couple of months. These, I mean, it's not supposed to be right now, but the weather's been so hot that my yard thinks it's spring and just the weeds that come up. I mean, most of the medicine I grow are weeds also, they just are in a pot or a more designated area, but everything that's popping up in my yard right now is so plentiful and it is everywhere. And to have people take that breath that moment, I mean, and that tactile sense of bending down and touching and feeling this plant, whether or not they'll try it with me. Most people are more hesitant to stick it in their mouth and eat it. But if they do, then they also get that sensation. And I mean, like you're saying, how grounding and how like nervous system regulating to make this connection, not only with the plant, the earth, their body on the earth at that time. And then in connection with me or whoever else that you might be foraging with at the time, it's such a beautiful thing. And I mean, to regulate and, and 
calm your nervous system in nature is key. There's this thing called Schumann's resonance, which is the vibration of the earth. And although we're standing out there and we don't hear it, we are feeling it and engulfed in it. And so to allow yourself to be in that resonance is just a beautiful thing. And one of the journeys that I take people on in shamanic journeying is with a plant um, to connect deeper with a plant. Usually it's a specific plant. And I just can't agree more that like having those connections and those times to stop and pause and to touch and feel and to relate to the plant world around you and just the basic stuff. I mean, I'm talking about like the dandelions and the things that are growing out of the cracks in the sidewalk. A lot of that is actually really great medicine. And even if it happens to be one of the imposters or one of the toxic ones, taking the time to like as the cliche says to stop and smell the roses is a really powerful moment absolutely i am obsessed with moss i love moss ice and i'm so grateful because it's literally on the corner there's trees that are just covered in the ground and i just walk by and i'm looking at it and the different textures and the different depths of color and the and feeling it and I feel like we just need to totally normalize just stopping and looking and talking to there's an oak tree on my block that will give me messages and I'm just not going to be afraid to talk about it anymore because that is who I am and and also I what I would say to somebody listening that if you all of a sudden get a ping which we would call a ping or a download or a hit what happens is if something enters your mind of, huh, maybe I want an aloe plant that is coming from somewhere. Please go get yourself an aloe plant. And I'm not saying because you saw it on Pinterest or because a thousand <laughs> people posted about it. But if something comes into your awareness or intuitive field as it relates to especially something like or like a craving like, huh, gosh, I'd really love like some cinnamon and honey or something like that. That is the way that I get communication. And I think a lot of people do, and they've just detached from that because it feels maybe like a little bit unusual. <laughs> it's nervous system work, man. When we are regulated, we are able to see what, what things in life light us up, what things are good for us, what things are important for us. And when we're disassociated from all of that, we don't have any connection to any of that. It doesn't come online for us at all. Mm, that is such another good reminder that there's benefit to this work outside of what you get in the moment that you're really laying a foundation for experiencing the world. It's like in Technicolor or in, a, a, you know, some, this will sound crazy. So maybe I'll cut this out. But sometimes I look out my window because I'm so fortunate. I have like five windows in my office and it's green and there's, I mean, a million different colors and textures and shapes and everything. And I swear that I see things and I see like in the shapes, I see things. <laughs> and it's just so interesting because I'm almost like, okay, wait, am I trying? Is my vision my clairvoyance trying to like tune in to that other thing that's out there where I see it in 
you know, one dimension, but beyond that, there's additional layers to those dimensions. Oh, I can so relate. Oh my God. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, I can so relate. I was in, I'm in a a year long shaman immersion currently, and we were all sitting in the space that we were learning in this particular day. And we were having talks about, I don't even remember what, but as I'm sitting across the room from me is this other row of, of learners and windows behind them. And um, one of the people told me later, she was like, I kept seeing you looking like above my head and like out the window. And I was wondering, like, do I need to be concerned a couple right. of times because you're back really, there? <laughs> yeah, like you were really interested and distracted by whatever this was. And the conversation started to go around about um, giants and other elementals that we might have experienced in an exercise we had just done out in the yard. And I guess somebody in the room had been given a message from one of their guides to talk about giants because I wasn't going to talk about what I felt like I was seeing out the window. Mm. And so they knew like if we start the conversation and we normalize talking about giants all of a sudden, then we'll get Kelby to like say it out loud. And then she can actually admit to what she's seeing outside, which will validate for her and other other people around her what's going on because I mean, I've never admitted to seeing giants out my window before. And um, I was pretty sure that that's what I was experiencing with the leaves that I saw moving in the tree and how high up it was and just the sense that I got. And then later on, I got a name and like all this stuff came in. So I totally relate to what you're saying. Oh my God. Do you remember the, I don't know if you ever saw Predator. Yeah. But it's like that where it's like you see it and then all of a sudden it's like a shift and it starts to take form is that right (laughs) we're going off we're going off the rails right now (laughs) we can't help it there i have to tell you about this there's this man i can't remember his name but one of my friends is very up with yeti um research okay and he goes out and he camouflages his camera and he has usually one on his shoulder looking backwards and one somewhere in front of him, but he has to really camouflage it because if they see like the glint of the lens and they have to be small and stuff, then he won't catch any of this footage, but he's got some of it online where he sees this portal kind of open up behind him where the Yeti kind of comes and goes from exactly like what you're saying. Wow. Okay, find his information. I'm so curious about that. I have seen that in the road once. I was driving and all of a sudden, like on a side street kind of thing, but with, with traffic, a portal of, of energy, just like on the road. And it was sort of like, wait, what am I seeing? And it was sort of a bubbly kind of flowy, like a little <laughs> bit. And I was like, oh my, wait, what, what's happening right now? Yeah. Right. And, and then, yeah, I'm like rubbing my eyes. And so... But again, I feel like I have so much conditioning that is on me that prevents me from diving into that. And I feel super emotional right now because it's all this Pisces energy. And as much as I feel like I am who I am, I know that there is so much more to me. And I keep 
okay, I don't keep, because now I'm putting my language into the right frame. I am no longer going to hide behind the fear of not being who I am, not showing myself, getting lost in stupid distractions and mindless, you know, sucks of, of drama on the phone or on social media or people or anything. Like I know that there is so much more and I've just got, it's like, I see the portal. I need to step into the portal. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I start off a lot of my practices saying something along the lines of, um, may we be open to that, which is greater than we can understand. And that's oftentimes what I'm doing when I'm talking to guides or looking for Yeti or wanting to expand any of that site is to say, show me more, show me more. I want to see more. And just to ask for more. I don't know what I'm asking for. I don't know what more is, but I'm, I'm asking for it in that space when I'm ready and I'm open and they respond. Yeah. Ah. Uh. So yeah, and I was going to say something earlier, you said um, something about tapping into our guides. And I wanted to say that, you know, our guides are already talking to us. We're just not aware of that. Mm. You know, they're already making connection. They're already sending us messages. And a lot of times we just think that it's our own intuition. A lot of times we just think that it's our own internal thought, you know, so they're always there. They're already working with us. And once we realize who they are and that they're there and we start to have a more direct communication, it just opens that stuff up bigger and bigger. And that's why you have people who call themselves psychics and stuff like that, because they have just delved into it and worked on it. Just like a plumber learns how to, you know, make water flow a psychic and a medium learns how to make that conduit of energy flow. Right. They trust, they believe, they practice, they allow, they, right, they strengthen that muscle, they work on that muscle. And I always tell everybody who asks about what I do, or any of these different modalities that every single thing that I have access to that anybody that I've spoken to has access to is available to everybody. I truly believe it's not going to look the same. It's not going to all be, oh, they do that. I know how to do it the same. But that level of connection, that level of just universal love and support and, and abilities are available to everybody if you, if you want them, I truly think. Yeah, I always say this is not my knowledge. This is knowledge of the ages, you know, whether that's herbalism, whether that's energy work, all of these practices have been going on for eons, you know, this isn't something that I came up with or that my mentor learned. These are just things that are being passed down that need to continue. How have you been able to grow and evolve your business as new modalities come into you? And one of the reasons I'm asking you is because I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, solopreneurs go, go through is that maybe they originally start with one idea or one practice, they get a training and something, and then either feeling like there's something new and maybe that means leaving behind or maybe it's 
creating their own thing or molding things together? Because it sounds like you have this wide range of things and that you're also still learning and incorporating. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, so my main offering is called an ambient flow session. And so what that means is that you're going to get whatever you come to the table able to accept and receive that day. And that's going to be different if you come to me today and if you come to me next week. So whatever your body, your system, your energy, your nervous system, whatever, all of these things are aligned and capable of receiving are what's going to come online today. So you might show up and the session looks like a whole bunch of sound healing and we use tuning forks and we just kind of get you to relax. You might have a lot of trauma that you're trying to process. And so you show up and we're going to do a lot of nervous system regulation. And we might do several sessions where we just focus on that. And then as we're working together, spirit usually helps to guide me and what needs to be done next. Perhaps this person isn't releasing that trauma through this nervous system processing like they would. And there's a little ping of something that needs to be done. And so shamanism will come online and we'll do a soul retrieval where we will help come back and bring back little pieces that we kind of take out of ourselves or when we step away from ourselves during moments of trauma. And we'll replace those so that we aren't stuck in that survival mode of uh, flight, flight, or freeze that we were in when that happened, and that we can then flourish from those places, whereas we're stuck in each one of those places. So this is just another way that we open it up. And each time that we work together, spirit says, this is where they're going. This is how they need to go next. And then we have feedback, you know, a lot of clients will come for a feedback session and we'll work through what happened and how they integrated the work after we did the work together and give them time to recognize those shifts we talked about earlier so that they can see within themselves things that have shifted and start to realize because when you make those shifts or you're in the process of making those shifts, you start to realize lots of different things about yourself. And sometimes you either need to process that or you just need some um, chakra alignment to really help your body integrate what has happened and what has changed so that you can fully step into that. So my practices in my business, instead of being listed as I do Reiki, I'm a Reiki master, I do magnified healing, I do oracleite alchemy, like, instead of listing all of those out, and you come to me and you book one of those sessions, you're going to just book my session. And whatever is supposed to happen, will happen and generally it's a combination of a bunch of things you know i've got usually a crystal grid under or on the table or on you whatever i'm almost always going to play some sort of binaural beat um i'm always going to play my drama over your body at the end of the session you know i have a few things that are staples that i think are necessary there's always going to be some level of nervous system regulation and, you know, throughout the years, my practice is like you're suggesting has changed as I've brought new things online. I put plant medicines on the body for certain things like in acupuncture and acupuncture points using that frequency and that vibration in that area helps to shift an energy in a particular way and to give it a certain medicine. So I just try and stay in the flow and allow what is needed of me and my skills to be revealed for each session. And it's really a beautiful way of working. 
it means that no session is alike. Um, and that's true for anybody that you go to. I mean, my session, even if I was just a Reiki master and you went to see just a Reiki master after me, our sessions would look like night and day because we just all have our own ways of being. So I just try and stay in the flow and hope that my client is able to do that as well. Sometimes it takes clients a while to open up and be able to get into a theta state where they're really accessing like true healing. And sometimes that's my job is to help them get into a place where they're able to do that. And once they're able to do that with me, they're able to then start to learn how to do that at home on their own and access healing without having to go see anyone. Right. Oh, I love that. Your sessions sound amazing. <laughs> and I love that you shared with us and for people that are incorporating different modalities it's just so empowering and freeing for them to be able to trust spirit trust guidance whatever it is and know that there isn't a specific formula unless they feel that way because i know some people really do work very well with a structure and um you know okay these are the things that i always do for me, I think I started in that place of wanting it to be more, mm, more defined. And then as I've learned to trust all these things coming in, I have now landed with where you are that I now have sessions where it's going to be just this alchemy mix of all the different things. Again, unless somebody specifically wants like human design or something like that, but being able to trust in myself and incorporate all those different things is so special. And I think it's a beautiful evolution of the solopreneur business. And I'm looking and now hawks are circling up there. So <laughs> They're coming to say hi. Oh my goodness. All the things. Thank you for that hawk energy. It's beautiful. I know. Thank you so much for being with me, with all of us today. Tell everybody how they can find you and access you. Yeah. So my business is Luminous Healing. I am an energy facilitator with Shamanic Flair. I'm a community herbalist and a grower, and I'm really passionate about nervous system regulation. The easiest places to find me are on my website, which is luminoushealing.com. And Lumen is spelled L-U-M-E-N because it's an homage to my daughter. And that's how her name is spelled. And so in that same spelling, in that same iteration, you can find me on Instagram at Luminous Healing and on Facebook at Luminous Healing. Thank you. And I will post to all of those links. And thank you for um specifying luminous how do you spell that because that is a tricky word to spell <laughs> it is and it's a really special one to me because she's definitely been my light and uh shining force in my business too oh i love that i love that thank you thank you so much lauren thank you all so much for listening to the open to alchemy podcast you can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.